Are you trying to stay up to date on crypto events? Well, you're in luck because we have another crypto current for you right here, right now on The Cryptocracy. Welcome back, Cryptocrats. We are bringing you another cryptocurrency for this week's current events. I'm here with Crypto Corey, who is our current events coordinator. Uh, how are you doing, Crypto Corey? I'm doing great. I, I like that new title in here. That is your new title. We're just going to add on any word that starts with a C or that has alliteration with a, a C sound. It's going to end up in my title. It's going to end up in your title. It's going to be like the Roman emperors of old who had like 16 names. Um. But let's jump into the current events that are going on right now. Um, starting with this first story, BlackRock, I'm sure many of you know who they are. They're the world's largest asset manager. And they think they're, the Russia-Ukraine war has potential impact on accelerating digital currencies. What do you think on that? Well, first off, BlackRock is practically an empire by themselves. Well, they're huge. They're just a monster. They may even be evil. They're so big. I don't know if you can be that big and and not turn evil at some point, but they're... Probably not, but... We probably shouldn't say that. We're probably going to get sued by BlackRock. If this episode never gets aired, then... (laughs) This is just a parody account. Yeah. Um... So yeah, Black BlackRock has come out and said, "Hey, look, this this war has a, is going to accelerate digital currencies." And we'll we've got a couple of other uh, stories that we'll cover tonight that will help illustrate that. Um, but the the reason why it's going to put pressure on that is because if you look at uh, countries who are out there who are are using the dollar and then are seeing Russia just pas- basically get locked out of banking um, because. The U.S. says, hey, we're going to shut down their ability to bank. Um, they need some other form of currency, and and cryptocurrency may be the thing. If you look at what Russia is doing right now, they are uh, pricing gas and oil in the ruble, which typically you you price gas and oil in, in petrodollars or what is called the U.S. dollar. Um, so... The, the petrodollar, the U.S. dollar, has been the de facto currency standard for oil and gas trading for years. And we may see that start to go away as China and Russia begin to trade with each other. Hmm. Well, that's pretty interesting. It, it, but the ruble has fallen. Like, who's buying Russian oil right now? That's what my question is. Anybody? Well, so like- that you're still so the U.S. said that we're not going to buy any more oil from from Russia. But that does not mean that the rest of the world has agreed to that. Um, you know, has, some, has Europe? Do we know? No, I think Europe is. I don't think Europe has a choice in the matter. They've got to buy their natural gas from uh, uh, Russia, or they're going to be without energy because they shut down their nuclear power plants and decided that it was better to burn uh, natural gas and dump a lot of CO two in the atmosphere than just use clean nuclear power, which has no emissions. Um, mm. so I, I think they probably will rethink that. In fact, I know France was planning on doing away with a lot of their, um, nuclear power and they've rethought that and, and I think have reversed course because they're seeing what's happened to Germany. Germany's kind of, uh, squoze between the United States and Russia because they need that natural gas. Well, and I know Germany consumes, I think the most. Yeah. Well, they have a big industrial Russian gas. Yeah. They have a, they, they consume the most. They have a big, uh, industrial complex in Germany 
And, um, you know, when the winter months are pretty cold, they, they need to be able to heat their homes and produce electricity. So I, you know, I honestly don't know what, what, what will happen, but they've told, um, I think they're leaning on the Western uh, Europe and telling them, hey, you got to buy the ruble now to buy gas um, because we can't accept U.S. dollars. And so what are those countries going to do? They'll have to buy the ruble. They'll have to buy the ruble. And so what, what will that do to the value of the ruble? It'll raise it significantly. It will raise it. And, and I think the ruble has stabilized. Now, I want our listeners to know, I want to be very clear, I am not a currency expert, nor am I an economist. Um, I do feel that I know a fair amount about economies and a fair amount about currencies, but I'm not an expert. I can't predict the future. But it is, it is logical that part of the reason why the ruble is stabilizing is because countries are going to be forced to purchase them in order to get uh, um, gas and oil out of out of Russia. Hmm. Now, what's that going to do to the U.S. dollar as a reserve currency? It'll lower its value, won't it? It, it, will, it will. It will lower its value. One of the reasons why the U.S. dollar has remained so strong: number one, we we are a huge trading partner, and I know we run large deficits. And I think the the trillions of dollars that that we owe in deficits is is horrible. But you've got to remember that we also have a, a twenty two trillion somewhere in the neighborhood of a twenty two trillion dollar GDP. So our economy is huge, and so people like to have us as a trading partner, which is why we're allowed to run such crazy deficits. At some point in time, you you'll have to pay the piper. Um, at some point in time, that bill will, will come due, and there will be some catalyst event. That, in my opinion, will cause the U.S. dollar to to fail and have to get reset or devalued or or something horrible like you've seen in other countries. Um, but that that day is not today. But we are seeing events in the world that may be pushing us in in that direction. That's scary stuff. So this is a long winded answer. So yes, di- I think digital currencies will will become part of that currency mix that you see countries. Uh, trade with each other in especially the ones who have really bad currencies right now or really bad inflation i should i should say yeah because you know long term uh, cryptocurrencies are going to go up in value Mm. all right something to think on all right let's go to our next story um jim rogers he is a pretty famous investor he thinks that washington does not play fair anymore and he sees the end of the U.S. dollar. Can you tell us more about that story? Yeah, so this we're, we're just coming from one story right into uh, the next story. So a lot of people may not know who Jim Rogers is. He is I, he's a former partner of George Soros. And um, some of you may not even know who George Soros is. Well, George Soros is famous for breaking the British pound in 1992. Um, he shorted the British pound and forced the Bank of England to buy a bunch of their own pounds back and raise interest rates in order to try to prop their currency up, and investors just wouldn't wouldn't bite, and so their currency collapsed. Um, wh- what had happened was they were in a market. Wait, what year was this? How long ago was this? This is ninety two. Oh wow! But but I think it's a I think it's an interesting story. Um, I, I think it's an interesting story for two reasons. And, and I'll get to them in a second. Uh, exchange rate mechanism, ERM. I, c- I couldn't remember what that stood for. Um, so the, 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 the British pound had entered the uh, European exchange rate mechanism, uh, ERM, and it had been pegged somewhat close to um, the Deutsche Mark. 
the 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 currency of of Germany and Germany had just reunified and so they they were starting to become an economic powerhouse and their currency obviously was stronger than than the pound and they thought that entering into this uh, ERM system would help keep the pound up. So what George Soros did, knowing that the pound couldn't survive and that there was a lot of pressure for the Deutsche Mark to be raised against it, he began borrowing um, the British pound, and I think to the tune of like 10 billion uh, pounds, and traded them for Deutsche Marks, forcing the price of the pound to go down and forcing the Bank of England to buy them up to, to keep the market from dropping from underneath it. And it finally broke the Bank of, of England, and they had to pull out of the ERM and let the currency uh, become unpegged, and of course it it crashed. So then, what George Soros did was then take the Deutsche Marks and buy back the really cheap uh, British pounds to pay back his debt. And he made somewhere in the neighborhood of a billion to a billion and a half over a really short period of time, and and became really known as a master of of currencies. And so I I think this is really interesting for two reasons. One, why is it possible for the British pound to collapse? Aren't fiat currencies awesome and just no. great? I mean, I mean, we've seen so many examples. Official of Bank com- of England. I mean, of- come on, this is Europe. This is England. This is London. This was the mother country before before we broke away. Um, this was the empire that the sun never sat uh, set upon. Set. Yeah. So you know, how is it possible that, that their currency could fail? Well, it's backed by nothing. And when you have a country that can just print and you know issue currency based on their goodwill and they were going into a recession, their currency wasn't worth what they were trying to make it worth. And so it collapsed, and George Soros was able to make you know, a billion to a billion and a half. So that's lesson number one. Fiat currencies are somewhat unstable. The U.S. has been uh, very powerful and has used its, its, you know, its power um, to abuse the fiat system. The, when, when we agreed, I think it was Bretton Woods, we agreed that we would never... Uh, take the dollar off the gold standard, that the dollar would always be backed by gold and that it would become the reserve currency of the world. And we basically lied. And then Nixon basically took us off the gold standard and said, you know, if you want your gold, uh, come and get it, but we're not going to give it to you. And what were, what were the other countries going to do? And so since Nixon, the dollar has just been uh, somewhat steadily declining. Um, and I think, you know, the 7.9% official uh, inflation that we're seeing to the 15% unofficial inflation um, is going to continue. And and we may, again, be seeing the catalyst of, of seeing the dollar end as a reserve currency. Um, so Jim, Jim Rogers is not someone to be ignored. He understands currencies. He, he's an old man. And he's been around for a while. And I don't mean this negatively that he's an old man. I mean it. He's an old wise. He's experienced. He's He's wise. He's He's been around a long time. He was, you know, helped sink the Bank of England. This guy knows currencies. And he's saying, hey, we may be seeing the end of the of the U.S. dollar as a reserve currency. So, you know, I thought this is worthy of uh, of covering. Yeah. Well, I I think it's super interesting. Goes to show. Well, pretty much, I feel like all the stories we share go to show like the importance of, or I guess the value of digital currencies. Um, but this is just another great example. Uh, let's move on to our next one. Uh, this is kind of back to Russia. They may, Russia is thinking about accepting Bitcoin for gas exports. Yes. 
Who, so, who's I mean, saying we, this? Is, is Russia saying this? Uh, is it, it's, it's a Russian, offens- uh, okay, Russian, a Russian official. official. I can't remember who his name is. Let me, let me see if I can look it up real quick. Uh, it just says a high-ranking uh, parliamentarian has indicated that Moscow may take cryptocurrency for natural gas and other resources. Now, you can see the theme. We've, we've rolled through three news stories right into Russia accepting cryptocurrency for oil and gas, which we, we talked a little bit about earlier today. Um, so I want to address a couple of things. One, you're going to see the narrative come up again that uh, Russia is going to use cryptocurrencies to evade sanctions. And embargoes, that's just not true. What the official said was that a set of currencies may vary and that that's normal practice. If there are Bitcoins, then we will trade in Bitcoin. So what he's saying is Bitcoin is among other currencies that that they will accept. And so if you're going to say that Bitcoin is going to allow them to get around sanctions, then you got to say that the ruble will allow them to get around sanctions or any other currency that their trading partners want to trade in. But the fact of the matter is what will let them get around sanctions is a willing partner to trade with them who's not afraid of NATO, and in particular the U.S. And it's kind of, you know, you you have this embargo against Russia, but then you have uh, a good chunk of Western Europe that's completely dependent on them for uh, gas, uh, natural gas. So, you know, how strong can they be against Russia uh, if Russia decides to turn the gas off to, to Western Europe? So, um, just really a lot of interesting mechanics going on with with this war. Yeah, it's kind of scary to me because it just kind of goes to show that Russia's got more cards in their hand than you may think. Yeah, I mean, I have to admit, I'm a little bit surprised that they haven't made more progress in the Ukraine. And I don't know what we should have expected, whether they were just going to roll through the Ukraine and take over. Um, it seems like Ukraine is putting up a, you know, a bit of a fight and that the war is going to be quite costly. And, and it may be that just Russia is just taking their time and advancing slowly. And they certainly have pounded the daylights out of some of those cities. Um, but it, I mean, it remains to be seen if they will uh, successfully take uh, the Ukraine. I think that they will. Uh, if this war carries on long enough, it'll be a game of attrition. And I don't think that the, that the Ukraine has the resources to stand um russia may be able to last a little bit longer yeah the russia may be able to last a little bit longer but we'll we'll see i don't i don't know all right let's do our last story super fast a little bit different exxon mobile they are running a pilot project to supply flared gas for bitcoin mining so flared gas is like the excess gas that's burned off when they yeah, so when when, they, when, when you right? yeah when when you pull uh, oil out of the ground, a lot of times it will it will be under a lot of pressure, and that there'll be a lot of gas uh, mixed in with the oil, and it's just not economical for them to to containerize it and sell it, but they can't release it into the atmosphere because I think methane is like twenty times more um, dense, if you will, than than CO two. So it's better to burn it into CO two because you produce. Um, you produce CO2 and water. Um, otherwise, it, it's a much heavier uh, greenhouse gas. So um, so they, they burn it. And what Exxon is going to do, and this is a pilot program, folks. They're not out doing this right now. But what they're going to do is they're going to try to generate um, electricity and run Bitcoin mining. So you'll see, you know, but if I were to picture it and if I were to structure it myself, I have no idea how Exxon's going to do it. I would imagine that they would get some sort of a trailer 
um, you know, a big, a big trailer that, that could be moved, which would have all the mining equipment in it and some sort of power generation that can be moved. And then they would set it up on site and then they would take this gas, produce the electricity and then uh, mine Bitcoin. And when the well dries up or they don't have enough gas, then move it, move it to another site. Um, so this should really be interesting. One of the things I challenges, I think that they might have to overcome and this is where Elon Musk and Starlink might come in, is they still have to be tied into the internet in order to add their hash rate to uh, the Bitcoin network. So having an internet connection is something that they will have to overcome. So it'll mm-hmm. be interesting to see how they how they yeah. do that. Well, that's really cool that they're using yeah, that so, for productive means rather than just... Yeah, well, I mean, it it's off. wasted. It's 150... It's like 150 billion uh, cubic metric metric tons or something of of gas i mean it's just this crazy over number. what time period uh i think a year a year yeah yeah well that's they said so, it was enough. so much unharnessed energy yeah it's, they said it was enough to uh to power 200 million cars wow for for a year wow that's a that's a lot of gas that's a lot of gas all right well hopefully you guys found those stories interesting and informative um i know i did um but yeah, we'll wrap it up by saying make sure to follow us on Twitter at the underscore cryptocracy, on Instagram at the cryptocracy, and give us a rating and review if you would, if you haven't already. And then share this with your friends and family who want to learn more about crypto. Maybe they don't want to learn more, but you want to share with them anyways. Who knows? And always remember to stay cryptic. Stay cryptic.